Nah, let's do him some other day. Let's instead do a topic that I only do all the time. Good morning to you from Atlanta. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, where you found this. Steelers 19, Falcons 16. Steelers win two, count them, two games in a row for the first time all season. The Steelers are now 5-7. and seven. Still not anybody's threat slash consideration to be contending for anything. That's fine. Put it out of your minds. Even if they were to do something ridiculous and sneak into the playoffs, they aren't going anywhere. Kind of like last year. Okay? So just forget about that. Watch the players. Watch the facets that matter. And as wonderful as it was to watch Najee run the way he did, to watch him plow, bulldoze, Bash and crash and all those other. Remember, Chris Berman used to make those sounds. You know, the, 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 puh, puh, puh. that was Najee. That was his offensive line. They blocked really well for the run. A lot of good things happened for the run. Benny Snell getting my obligatory parenthesis here. It was neat. It was the thing that probably stood out the most, maybe because we certainly haven't gotten used to seeing good running yet. But this game was won by Kenny Pickett. Let's call it exactly like it is. Because even though he benefited, as he should be, from the running game, even though he benefited from an offensive line that while they did allow some pressures and had him dropping back a little more than I'd like to see, there also were no sacks Count them, zero sacks in this game. There was only one, at least per my memory, deliberate throwaway of the football. He had to overcome two more Deontay Johnson mishaps, more on him eventually. And he had to overcome, yes, I'm going to say it, Matt Canada. For as much credit as Canada is going to get from some corners for... Some more ambitious run plays that were designed for the beautiful touchdown sequence involving Kenny and Connor Hayward. And that was, Mike Tomlin confirmed, the play. That wasn't some uh, winging it or calling this or that or audibling. That was the play. The head coach did not hesitate to say that either. There's still so much that's going so wrong with this offense schematically that I don't know even where to begin, but I might start with Deontay getting 11 targets to George Pickens' two. Small wonder George wasn't all that happy. Guess who overcame that as well? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. 
I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about the Deontay and George thing because it's such a one-sided, obvious outcome discussion that it, it's it's crazy to me to even engage in it. Pickens had every right to be angry. Deontay had every right to be something that he wasn't afterward, which is, you know, somewhat, you know, man, how did I drop that pass or how did I... Uh, you know, fumble that ball, and then they called it a fumble for no intelligent reason or, or a non-fumble or a non-catch or whatever that was. This league has no idea what a catch is. Instead of that, Deontay just says, hey, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? It doesn't matter. This, this isn't close. There's a very, very clear number one receiver in that room. And he's the guy who was mad, and he's the guy who should have been mad. But I digress, because Kenny had that covered, too, in the post-game press conference, very maturely uh, taking charge of the situation, saying that he understands where both guys are coming from. We absolutely want to get the ball to George and everything else that you would expect to hear from a veteran quarterback who wouldn't normally know how to deal with this sort of thing or might be first seeking advice from someone. He's just... He's just there. He's in everything. He's it. He's exactly what you want in a quarterback. Maybe, possibly, if the performance were to reach some other levels, which it's surprising to me that anybody would think that they won't, he's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's getting better week after week after week. Just ask him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I first, you know, got, you know, put in there versus, versus the Jets, I didn't have a lot of reps, you know, leading up to that point. So, you know, the more that I've been playing, I feel a lot more comfortable going through progressions, knowing, you know, how our guys get in and out of breaks with timing, you know, timing purposes and stuff like that. So every week, I feel like I'm getting better and better. And I just want to continue to, you know, improve on the things that I need to work on and then, you know, build off the positives. Let me ask you this. If, if I had to come up with a list and ask you to pick your preferred trait in a quarterback? Would it be like a Lamar Jackson mobility? Would it be a Joe Burrow awareness or ability to read the field? Would it be Patrick Mahomes' arm? Or would it just be a winner? Would it just be someone who wins? Someone who doesn't really particularly care about the style of this or that or whatever. Someone who stands in front of all of us and rather than taking even a fraction of the credit for the longest play of the year, the 57-yard pass play where Pat Fryermuth broke free and took off down the sideline. Instead, Pickett said, I got to throw him a better ball than I did. I got to tell you, live watching from the press box at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Uh, which is in a back corner of an end zone, I thought the throw was fine, and I was surprised to see, hear, and read people criticizing it. But then I saw a replay, and I saw what Kenny was referring to. I saw that much later. The fact is, he, he never had to bring it up, you know? Why did he bring it up? Because he knows that that pass will need to be better in the future. But did he also say, hey, you know, I made one of the prettiest throws I've made all year on that ball across the middle to Steven Sims. You remember that? The one that got negated because they said that they they saw it touch the ground. I have no idea. On that one, I did see all the replays and saw them at the time. 
I also saw it live since that play did happen right in front of me, and never saw the ball come out there either. It was a little wobbly. It looked a little unsettled. But that's not what counts. What counts is the ball hitting the ground. Anyway, great pass. No one will talk about it. No one will talk about it. It'll be to the people who have been panning him. It'll just be another incompletion to go along with the throwaway, to go along with the two that Deontay screwed up. But to the people who are watching the games, I dare say with an open mind, yeah, yeah, you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. When we come back, J1Q. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q, actually, you know what? Before the J1Q, I'm not done. I'm not done. I have one more thing I want to bring up here. Kenny's 4-4 four and four as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback in the NFL in his first eight games, and he is that without having had the benefit of first-team reps through OTA's minicamp, training camp, preseason, and of course, the first month of the regular season. Only after all that, after it had been very obvious that this offense was going to be painful, painful to overcome, meaning the rest of it. Remember, everybody was fearing, don't start him now, they'll get him killed. Do it next year when maybe they can draft this guy or that guy or get somebody who can catch the ball or run the ball back when we wanted to run Najee out of town as well. And all he's done since then is go four and four. And if that doesn't impress you, let me read to you the names of the teams who have beaten Kenny, teams that he's lost to. You ready? The Bengals, the Eagles the Dolphins, and the Bills. Please don't tell me I need to go grab a copy of the NFL standings to inform you that those are four of the NFL's elite teams. All right, now, where was I? Oh, yeah, J1Q. I I just had to get that one in. Sorry. J1Q comes from Brandon Jocelyn. And Brandon asks, hey, DK, based upon... Kenny's answers in post-game press conferences, including in Atlanta, is an NFL offensive scheme really dictated by the other team's defensive scheme? To me, from hearing Kenny's answers on this, it feels like the offense is being limited by whatever the defense shows them. (sighs) Okay, I've complained about this. 
I'm obviously not blaming the rookie quarterback on it because this is a Mike Tomlin thing more than anything else. Before you start getting into yet another thing to rip Matt Canada over, this one is on the head coach. He has answered questions of mine that were direct questions on this subject by saying, look, you knew Stefan Gilmore was back there, right? There's no way we're doing plays there. I mean, it, it, answering me in this condescending way or whatever, but that, that's just par for the course. But saying, hey, dummy, this is, this is just how it's done. Well, with all due respect to Tomlin knowing only about a billion times more about probably everything than I do, I was also here whenever the Steelers' offense would dictate this sort of thing because they knew they could, and they weren't worried at all about where anybody was on the field because they valued their own identity. They valued what they did best far more than exploiting the other team's potential weaknesses or staying away from, in this case, their strengths. I don't like it. I understand it to an extent with this offense in this season. But what I don't like is what I think that it is that you're getting at. Uh, this especially applies to a, a terrific safety where you'll just see uh, the Steelers find where that guy is. And that person's mere existence will take away half a horizontal half of the football field. That that can't happen. That can't happen. You got to do something over there to keep that individual engaged. You got to throw something, even if it's underneath, to keep that person honest and to keep the whole defense honest and to keep the other team's defensive schemers honest. But to just walk into the stadium and concede defeat to an individual or to a couple of individuals on the other team, that's, in addition to defeatist, it's it's also potentially demoralizing to the people on your offense. What are you doing? I, I can make plays on this guy. Give me a chance. What do you think I am? Why'd you draft me? If you didn't think I could beat any NFL safety in a league or corner or whoever it is that they're fearing that week. I don't like it. I don't like it. I've never liked it. I can tell you this, though, I'll like it a lot less next year than now. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Kenny Pickett. We will have another one of these tomorrow. No, no, seriously, I'm going to talk about something else. For real, I promise. Mm-hmm.